This is Chris Dufault. I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Kirkston, Minnesota. I'm pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services providing solutions for your success. Good afternoon. Farm news on the Red River Farm Network. This is Don Wick reporting from Washington, D.C. and the American Sugar Beet Growers Association annual meeting. Our coverage is made possible in part by Beta Seed, the Red River Valley Sugar Beet Growers Association, and Ag Country Farm Credit Services. The House Agriculture Committee will hold its organizational meeting next week. In an interview with the Red River Farm Network, Chairman Glenn G.T. Thompson said he's committed to passing a new farm bill this year. We can do an extension. That's always a tool if we have to, but... That's, uh, you know, doing extension is not what I prefer. I want to get our job done, and that means that we, you know, we hustle. Uh, we pick up the momentum here. Uh, we, we are behind for various reasons. Uh, but um, you know what? Uh, I'm so confident if we all lean in this together and we do this in a bipartisan way, in a bicameral way, uh, we can get this done before it expires the end of September. A divided government often brings fears of gridlock. Thompson said the thin margins we're seeing in Congress will keep lawmakers more realistic and sideline unreasonable amendments. In the final part of the Farm Bill, no matter what happens along the way, it's always bipartisan. Um, this, is, uh, this is a bill that's probably the, the most important bill uh, for, for people that eat. Oh, that would be every American uh, that rely on uh, access to fiber, uh, building materials, and energy resources. Oh, that would be every American. You know, I think it has the right ingredients to be a, a good bipartisan bill. It, it may be the only really large uh, well, let's put it this way. It's, it's certainly the best prospect for a good bipartisan bill in the 118th Congress. Budgets are tight, but many farm groups are asking for an increase in reference prices. We asked Thompson if that was in the cards. Honestly, I came out of health care and uh, uh, was a therapist and a, and a manager, rehab services manager. And if I and my therapist team would ever walk into a patient's room uh, without ever talking with the patient or their family and told them what we're going to do with them and to them, that was malpractice. You have to do a good assessment first and uh, a good evaluation. And that's my commitment with the Farm Bill. To, uh, though we have a compressed time frame, we need to be listening to the American farmer, rancher, enforcer, the processor, key stakeholders, um, and then we'll determine what is needed. The House Ag Committee chair was among the lawmakers addressing the American Sugar Beet Growers Association annual meeting this morning. Our coverage made possible in part by Nutrien Ag Solutions and Cess Vanderhoff. I'm Don Wick in Washington, D.C. With more farm news, we turn now to Randy Coonan and Whitney Pittman. All right, thanks, Don. Grain traders are beginning to take note of harvest delays due to wet weather in Brazil. World Weather Incorporated says Brazil's harvest pace has slipped behind its usual pace, and concern is growing about crop quality. Frequent rounds of rain are expected over the next two weeks, supporting crop growth, but it is slowing harvest pace and the pace of second corn, uh, second crop corn planting. World weather says portions of center south and center west Brazil could see as much as five to seven inches of rain by next Tuesday. 
An increase in timely rains is in the forecast for much of Argentina beginning the second half of February, but until then, only scattered light rain is expected. World Weather Incorporated says crop stress will continue with high temperatures in the mid and upper 90s to low 100s this week and mid 80s through lower 100s next week. World Weather Incorporated senior ag meteorologist Drew Lerner says Argentina's prospective crop is looking pretty bleak. In Argentina, you know, they've had a terrible year this year with a lot of drought and yield potentials here are really quite a bit lower. Because of the drought, we're not expecting a lot of the crop to recover very well. There's an early crop and a late crop in Argentina. The early crop was much smaller than usual because of the drought, so their their yields are going to be down quite a bit. Now, the late crop, there was, first of all, a lot more late crop than usual because they didn't plant the early crop, so that's one thing to keep in mind. And then the other is that the weather was really pretty tough on that late crop. It has really gotten off to a poor start. Recent moisture could help turn around the second crop. Now, there has been uh, some rain in the past 10 days to two weeks, and we're going to see a little bit more this week. So the moisture profile in Argentina has improved already and will continue to improve so some of these late-season crops will have an opportunity to put back a little yield that they may have lost potentially uh, because of the dryness earlier on. The more recently planted crops obviously will have the best potential to recover. So it's going to be kind of difficult to predict exactly how much improvement is going to occur, but certainly the crop environment right now is, is much better than it was earlier in January. Northern Plains and Canadian prairies will receive lighter than usual precipitation over the next 10 days. Temperatures beginning to trend warmer this weekend. World Weather Incorporated says the hard red winter wheat production areas, though, will remain mostly dry. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Sierra Doctor is on her way to New Orleans. The National Cattlemen's Beef Association's annual convention and trade show kicks off this week in New Orleans. The convention is packed with sessions that include discussions on the state of the industry and updates on issues in D.C., a cattle facts global protein and grain outlook, discussions of policy and trade, among other topics, will be voiced. The NCBA trade show floor will have opportunities as well to learn more about the newest in pharmaceuticals, feed supplements, and cattle health updates. Stay tuned for the coming week as we cover the National Cattle Industry Convention on the Red River Farm Network. Convention coverage is sponsored by Zoetis, Egg Country Farm Credit Services, Minnesota Beef Council, North Dakota Stockmen's Association, and the North Dakota Beef Council, brought to you by North Dakota Beef Farmers and Ranchers through the Beef Checkoff, reporting agriculture's business. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. The Clean Cars Plan has been upheld after the Minnesota Court of Appeals said the Minnesota Pollution Control Agency did not violate the non-delegation doctrine. The Minnesota Auto Dealers Association challenged the plan, saying there is limited demand for electric vehicles, and that would cause unsold inventory and drive consumers elsewhere. The Clean Cars plan will go into effect with model year 2025, and that will be uh, those vehicles will be at, available at dealerships beginning early 2024. This is the Red River Farm Network. 
Tuesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. Former Minnesota Senator Dave Durenberger passed away at his home. Durenberger's longtime spokesman Tom Horner says Durenberger's health had been declining in recent months. Durenberger was 88. An advisory panel report submitted to the Canadian government considers most of Prince Edward Island to be free of potato wart. National Potato Council CEO Cam Quarles says any declaration of Prince Edward Island being disease-free is premature. I think that this, this international panel, as they characterize it, was organized by some of the folks on PEI to try to create uh, kind of a counterweight to some of the decisions that have been made by their own federal government. Um, the, the panel was made up of folks who are from countries who are dealing with potato wart. Uh, it contained no uh, participants from countries that are trying to keep potato wart out of their country, out of their production areas like the U.S. And that report says potato wart has been found in 36 fields throughout PEI, but the advisory panel considers most of the island to be pest-free. It makes the statement pretty strongly that the vast majority of Prince Edward Island is, is disease-free. We hope that that's the case. But the Canadian federal authorities have told everyone that they are very far away from completing all their soil samples for the disease on the island. So if you, haven't, if you haven't completed testing for the disease, how do you know that you're free of the disease? It doesn't make any sense. And Canada's Food Inspection Agency is not expected to finish those soil tests for the disease until next fall. The U.S. is keeping an eye on an outbreak of Japanese encephalitis virus in Australia. Swine Health Information Center Associate Director Dr. Maggie Nieder Werder says insect control is important to containing this disease. One of the aspects of JEV, Japanese encephalitis virus, is because it's mosquito-borne, we have to think about insect control as part of our biosecurity. But we're really also trying to look at the Australian experience to understand what clinical signs should trigger an investigation. Niederwerder says it's important to consider possible scenarios to prevent introduction of the virus in the U.S. What are the most likely entry routes? Should this virus be introduced into the U.S.? How would that route be? Would it be through flights? Would it be through cargo ships? Would it be infected mosquitoes? Would it be through migratory birds? So looking at what's the highest risk for entry so that we were able to prepare and also prevent the virus from introducing to the U.S. Highly pathogenic avian influenza has had a huge impact on the poultry industry. We know the disease poses catastrophic impacts on farms that test positive, but it can also greatly impact other flocks or operations. Minnesota Board of Animal Health Executive Director Dr. Marion Garcia explains. In our role where we try to control the spread of the disease, we have to look at all the farms around them or that have in any way had contact with them, either by movement of animals or sharing of equipment or personnel working on two different farms. Those would all be contact farms. And then there's the regionally the farms that are close by them. And we're going to have to sample them. We're going to have to check them out and make sure that they are also not infected. And the other thing is that as long as that uh, farm is considered infective, 
then we have to restrict their movements. So in uh, the example of the 2015 high path AI, 50% more farms were, were actually influenced, even though they were not infected, than were actually infected. Garcia says preparation, record keeping, and management can help limit devastation of serious infectious diseases. No matter what the species is, the ability for us to trace any connection to that farm, have animals move to or from it, where did they come from, and where did they go? So for example, in the cattle and the bison industries, the Federal Register is open again for comment to require electronic identification ear tags. From a traceability perspective, that would be very helpful. And the other thing is paperwork and documentation. I say paperwork, it's obviously electronic nowadays, but really knowing where your flocks, your herds, or your animals are moving and who else is moving with them. That's an important part of preparation so that if, God forbid, we do get a positive, we can very quickly get it under control. Reporting agriculture's business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Agronomy on Ice returns to Devil's Lake tomorrow for the fifth year. Rock and Roll Agronomy's Jason Hansen says this unique event is designed for fun while being able to talk ag. Well, I think most of us in this area are fairly, uh, you got to do something in the wintertime. And this is, we go to a lot of meetings and we are just up at KMOT and, and uh, Prairie Grains Conference. Those are really good events. This is just a little different and it's uh, probably more social, but you can get into some serious ag discussions or business uh, dealings with folks. Uh, there's a lot of people here. So it's, I guess it's probably fun is the biggest thing. Not only is Agronomy on Ice a place to talk ag business, but you can actually participate in the virtual fishing tournament. The website is agronomyonice.com. Anybody interested in attending, all you have to do is show up. But the event is the virtual fishing tournament is you, you actually fish, but you can fish anywhere on anything connected to Devil's Lake. And there's uh, you, you download an app called Fish Donkey, and then there's a leaderboard. And you can watch as people catch a fish on the Bravant Seeds Bump Board Wednesday from sunrise to sunset. We are out here essentially doing egg stuff, tailgating, networking, that type of thing, and we usually end up at Pro's Lakeside again that evening. Checking markets before we leave you this afternoon. March wheat, Minneapolis, half penny higher now, 9.22. July is one and a half higher. Chicago March wheat's nine and a quarter higher at 7.61 and three quarters. Kansas City March wheat's four and a half higher at 8.78 and a quarter. March corn down four cents, 6.79 and three quarters. December's a quarter of a penny higher at 5.90. The March soybeans are two and three quarter cents higher at 15.38. November soybeans down five and a quarter at 13.62 and a quarter. March canola, $5.80 a metric ton higher, 533.70 Canadian. February live cattle, 5 cents higher, 158.80. April is down 37 cents. The March feeder cattle, $2.17 higher at 186.10. April's up $1.67. February lean hogs are down two cents at 75.12. April lean hogs, two cents higher at uh, 86.55. The Dow Jones Industrial Average currently trading 220 points higher. We're at 33,937. Crude oil market is up 88 cents a barrel at $78.78. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Have a great afternoon. This is the Red River Farm Network.